Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Let's Watch Podcast. I'm your host, James, with my co-host, Carolyn. I'm back. Who's returning from Tiff Hell, I think is the appropriate <laughs> summary of what happened there, which we will not get into because I don't want to make Carolyn cry. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, we're back talking about the movies or the movie that for our little series here before i guess oscar season is starting soon but i just don't even that's a whole weird thing of like apparently most movies that appeared at festivals weren't very good uh (laughs) so we it might not be this oscar season's weird but anyway the first movie we're talking about is climax which carolyn has is somehow going to give a summary of this film (laughs) um Okay, Climax came out in 2018. The summary is, French dancers gather in a remote, empty school building to rehearse on a wintry night. The all-night celebration morphs into a hallucinatory nightmare when they learn their sangria is laced with LSD. And um, so this is obviously a French film, and it is directed by uh, Gaspar Noé. Noé? Is that how you say that? Yes. Yes. Um, Starring Sophia Boutella and... No one else who's ever acted ever. Yeah, all professional dancers for yes. sure. Uh, Gaspar Noé has directed Irreversible, probably is his most famous film, and Enter the Void. He is certainly a visual director. I think it's fair to say. Oh, Love a big freaking weirdo, but yes. Also that, like, he definitely has a style, and I should say I've seen Irreversible, and mm-hmm. I think that movie is really good and very uncomfortable to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had not seen this movie before. Had you seen this movie before? Absolutely not. Okay. So going in, all I knew about this film mm-hmm. was that it was a dance movie and that it was also like a horror, a thriller horror film because of their uh, punch gets laced with LSD and then shit goes sideways. I and... didn't even know that much. I knew very, very, very little. Um, I thought it would have more of a vibe of like a uh, Titan, um, in terms of like, I thought it would oh, be car sex. <laughs> yeah. Car sex. I thought it would be slower and, uh, and that sort of thing. But, um, so it's different than what I expected. Um, I will give a disclaimer right now. This movie, in my opinion, is the less, you know, the better. So mm-hmm. feel free. This is the one time we'll give you permission to just like stop listening to the podcast. If you haven't seen the movie, um, do watch it blind yes uh i agree with that um i think it is the less know you better i do think there are parts even if you know fairmont going in that some of the scenes are very very well done mm-hmm. and i don't think you can spoil those because they're mostly just scenes of people dancing yeah which is more it, it is like a stunningly beautiful film i saw like it look looks wise i saw a review um that came out of tiff because i think it was one of the midnight madness films in 2018 at tiff um yeah, and some right. guy said overall this was an excellent experience that it's hard to describe it's pretty much a 95 minute acid trip full of beautifully shot well choreographed immersive chaos with a killer soundtrack well it won't be for everyone it's best seen blind so this guy also agrees yeah i would agree with that yes i would ag- kind of agree with that too i think i I don't know about you, but like, I think this movie's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
there was parts where I was pretty bored in when it should not be boring. Mm-hmm. And just there's too many characters in this movie as well. Like there's mm-hmm. at the beginning, they do a cool thing. Also very, I think it's very like I get it uh, is that they open the movie with a character we do not know crawling through the snow and bloody. Yeah. Uh, and then it cuts to the interviews for all of the dancers. Yeah. Uh, for this, whatever's going on. So you get like a little summary of them, like an introduction of like who they are and their names conveniently placed by like the TVs in like a bunch of books and movies. And it's like, okay, I understand your influences. Mm-hmm. Let's just show them. And then it moves on to that. And I was like, okay, that's like, just felt like a big info dump to me of being like who these people are. Like the, we're seeing all their faces. Cause I assume my assumption going in, knowing this was a horror movie was that I thought there was going to be more murder mm. once the LSD happened. Like I thought it was going to just lead into like somebody's killing people. Like so I was like, death. Oh, a lot of these, a lot of these people I'm not going to have to care about cause they're going to die super quickly. And then the credits, the intro credits rolled halfway through the film. (laughs) Um, Yeah, what it did do with the info dump is it did mean that they didn't have to introduce you to any characters or relationships during the film, which I appreciated because it's like, yeah, at the beginning, I was like, okay, this is getting a bit to get into it. But and then there's like this, like, you know, nine year long dance scene. Um, But then once you're actually into it, you feel like, you know, the characters a little bit um, Mm -hmm. and then you can just follow their journey. So I, I did appreciate that. Because I, I don't want character development while everyone's like running around on LSD. That's weird, you know? <laughs> no, no, I, I agree. And my favorite part of the movie was once was after they did their like, with like the, you don't see like they do their big dance scene. And then it's like, now we're all going to like chill and and have like some drinks. Right. But it's like casual. But it's like jumping around between like groups of people and they're having a conversation. That then I is found that very to, like, disjointed. Oh, I thought that worked for me because it was just like info on the characters and like they were switching who they were t- it was always groups of two mostly there's a couple of threes i didn't dislike it i just found it it disjointed because i was like at, that was the one point where it felt like um a lower budget film to me because i'm like i could film that in my house in different corners of my house you know what i mean like whereas the rest was very beautiful and like sweeping camera shots and lots of dance and choreography so that was the one scene that that felt different. That said, I did like it because it felt like an actual party and that people mm-hmm. chatting like that is accurate. Um, and I kind of liked and hated that they were all like looking off camera when they were talking about people and they would never cut to the people. It was a very unique way to tell a story, I would say. Yeah, very unique. It was always like they were either talking about the people that they that were we ju- you had just seen previously or they're talking about the people who you're about to see. Mm-hmm. Um and I thought that was like an effective way because it did feel like, oh, this feels like how people talk at a party, right? Yeah. And like the relationships and how they, like which ones are are which, which like play off later in the film when you have to figure out, you just see glimpses of people because it's like one big ass long take, uh, which is very impressive. I also liked in that scene that they didn't over explain anything. Like it wasn't like oh, yes, this girl that I've been sleeping with and want to date, but she doesn't want to date me. Like, they didn't say any of that. They just kind of were talking like normal people would talk, and you just had to pick up what you picked up. Yeah, because, like, all of these people have had, like, they all have relationships with each other, so they wouldn't be like, you know, this person. They Like, everyone knows exactly who that would be talking about, which felt very, like, natural and probably helped with a bunch of the these actors who are fairly new. It was just like, no, you're just 
probably just having a conversation that is less is more fluid and i did like how it was like those conversations progressed like as they went deeper and deeper you could see people were getting a little more like vulgar or like open because they were drinking mm-hmm. and it's like yes this is again also what happens at a party right like everyone starts out themselves and then the more you drink the more it's like you lose the pretense of stuff well what's interesting too like you pointed out there's a lot of um non-actors here they barely had a like they didn't really have a script it was mostly improv and so people could just kind of do whatever they wanted and they filmed it in order so i think that really helped as well with the the continuity and the yeah progressively getting more and more drunk and then you know drugged but yeah no there was there was very very little script or outline or anything like that which is interesting because this type of movie i never know if it succeeds because of the director or because of the actors because I'm like, wow, it must take a really strong director to like weave this all together in a way that makes any sense, you know, and you have to really trust your actors to just kind of play. But at the same time, if the director is giving no guidance, is it really the director who's making the film a success or is it the actors, right? Yeah, and I I don't know the answer to that. I imagine it's probably Gaspar Noé, Mm -hmm. um, with the exception of like Sofia Boudella, who's obviously had already been established at this point, had done plenty of films and it was also is a classically trained dancer as well. So Mm -hmm. Like, I think she did fine. I think it probably the people my my assumption would be that it's him for the people who do not get a bunch of screen time. Yeah, Uh, because there are people who are literally just who just dance and don't talk much. And then for the people who talk more, I think it's probably more of like an equal, if not more to the actor. I would assume Um, with the exception of some of them, like I don't think David is very good Mm -hmm. uh, at all. Like they don't remember their names. (laughs) Well, I remember uh, David because everyone talks about him all the time. Uh, yeah. And his name is to be the easiest name to remember. <laughs> um, but they, yeah, I don't think he's very good. I think uh, he doesn't fit the, like, he doesn't fit the role that they're trying to ask him to fill. Mm-hmm. I agree. I My favorite scene was the, the dance scene from above when it's like everyone's like freestyling and all of the, you cycle through like all of the characters multiple times and as it progresses from like a celebration into something you're like oh okay this is like through this like the story is being told of like it's getting a little more aggressive people are getting a little it's like it's getting a little it feels like it's more private at points where it's like should i be watching this and then the credits hit and then it goes to the ellis more apparently to the drug trip stuff but like Mm -hmm. that overhead dance scene i thought was so good and it's like what 10 minutes it's really long. long yeah but it's like cycling through the characters and you see their relationships with each other and like how they're acting and like the different dance styles that everyone has. You should also point out this movie's like very queer. Yeah. Uh, and it's dancers. Of course it is. Yes. Very, <laughs> very gay. Uh, <laughs> and that's a part that I appreciate and how it's everyone's just they don't nobody cares. And yeah. Everyone, everyone is extremely fluid in the movie. Yes. Um, which is interesting. I mean, it, it seems like a lot of um, young French hot people on drugs is what it seems like. <laughs> like, I don't feel like there's exactly boundaries in that uh, scene. I would say with like almost everybody in this movie is very hot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's supposed to be almost... uh, 1996, apparently. Uh, oh, that fits with the, the fashions and stuff. Then I was like, why are these some of these men just literally in tracksuits? Although the two of the guys looked like they were dressed for current, though. <laughs> It, yeah, are... so they it was supposed to be in 1996, and it, it did feel that way. Um, and, you know, that's why there was no, like, 
phones, like smartphones or anything like that. But apparently the um, the French in the film is quite modern. And that's because, you know, they're non-trained actors and the script was five pages long. Like it was all improvised. So people aren't going to improvise in 1996 lingo. Yeah. And let's be honest, like the vast majority of these people probably were not alive or were very young in 96. Mm-hmm. Like I think. Sophie Patel might have been the only one, as far as I know, and she would have been like, she's only a couple years older than us. So, mm-hmm. you know, not, I don't remember the slang from back then either. So, no, I think that fits. That That's why, oh, I had no idea at the time. I didn't think, I was like, I never even thought of cell phones at all, because I just assumed they're in a place where it's like, or they were, none of them had their cell phones on them. Yeah. Uh, I feel like, though, if you were to watch this in, like, modern day, there would be some sort of something you know like because if you think about it like what party where people are getting too messy and drugged up is someone not on the phone talking to someone they shouldn't be talking to you know not something i need to see in a film but i appreciated that it wasn't even an option yeah no no i i like it i just yeah that that makes sense for some of the fashion and then but then i'm like thinking like the two guys who are like dressed in all black and i'm like those clothes looked very modern but weren't mm-hmm. they wearing like skinny jeans and long t-shirts? <laughs> and I was like, that seems pretty current. But no, I, yeah, the overhead dance scene, I think is the best, my favorite scene in the movie. Um, And I, once I got to the drug stuff, like them, like I do, I do think like the, the scene of like the mob essentially blaming people and yeah. the one guy who blames Omar because of like the previous stuff. And then what happens to Omar, uh, is like effective but once it like and the one the long takes are very good well done and very technically impressive and Uh, they build suspense not suspense but like anxiety in a really interesting way like i thought that's something that the film did really well was like there is this driving beat throughout the whole thing where you feel stressed like it's getting more and more chaotic i do think certain things took too long um like yeah there, there are a few times where i was like okay that could have been four minutes shorter like the um the very last scene where everything was like upside down and the lights were red and you couldn't really tell who was who I liked that because it was deeply unsettling but then it went on slightly too long like they held it I saw it and I was like that's cool then they held it long and I was like now I'm uncomfortable which I think was also important but then they held Mm -hmm. it slightly longer than that even and I'm like I actually can't tell who's who and I can only watch that for so long (laughs) yeah yeah, I agree. I agree with that completely. That's how exactly how I felt. And then they do that and also flip the camera upside down. Mm-hmm. And then that for so long, too. And I was like, I get it. Like, I understand why we're, you're you're showing us this. I just in some point, I'm like, can we be done? <laughs> Which I don't think is what you want people to feel in a movie is like. Yep. And I felt that a couple camera. times throughout. Yeah. Part, and it was with the long takes. And I love long takes. And I definitely I appreciated what he was going for. And I liked how it would follow different people. It would switch people like in and out, like as you progress rooms, like how, you know, people wander off and come back in a party and stuff and stuff is different in the main mm-hmm. room. Uh, yeah. And I did. I thought the lighting was really good. And then the, like the, the dancers who are more of like moving their bodies in a way that is seems unnatural. Like mm-hmm. all of those guys just danced the whole time to like set the mood, whereas more of the, I don't know, people who are not that dance style were not dancing as much anymore. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was very, they thought that was like very effective. There was just certain stuff that, I don't know, it, it stayed on, it felt almost like exploitative in a way too. Like some it of those did. It felt dirty ones. to watch it, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Because it felt, it felt incredibly 
it felt well I think it was and it felt like incredibly personal and intimate and you're like I don't want to see this because like you know this happens to people right be it you know someone poisons the punch I don't think that happens that often but there is you know always that person at the party who had too bad of a drug trip and everyone's like what the hell is happening there you know like so it did feel incredibly intimate in a sense especially um I liked the scene at the end where Salva's kind of like walking around and is just like seeing people. And you don't know what happened to these people to get them into the various situations they're in. But every single one you saw, you're like, ah, oh, I'm so sorry for looking. Like, you know? Yeah. I, I thought that was, yeah, that was effective. And then, I mean, she kind of is not really in the last 15, 20 minutes of the movie, right? Mm-hmm. Like her story is wrapped up in a way. And then you go back there with someone else and it's everything so much worse. And you're like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are we walking in? There's like people having sex in the middle of the floor. Uh, and then other people are fighting. And it's like, it's all very intimate and feels like we shouldn't be there, which I know was the intended effect of the movie mm-hmm. to make you feel like that. But doesn't mean I want to watch it. It says here somewhere that I found online. That the second half of the film is made up almost entirely of a single unbroken 42 minute long take. Yes, which they like a lot of the characters are with people they had either conversations with in the opening videos or mm-hmm. in the conversations they have before the at, when they're when they're just at mingling at a party. Like that's how you have to keep track of people is that they generally are paired up. But the other I agree with you on this. This stuff and I think the flaw of the movie is that there's a lot of people wearing similar colors and similar styles of clothing that are different people well especially when and, the lights turn red yes and there's lots of uh specifically I struggled with some of the, the women there are like a lot of women who that they're dark hair and wearing mm-hmm. similar clothing and you see them from behind yep and I'm like okay I don't know who that is <laughs> um without as I just I just don't know like which one of like there's like four of you the four of them who are like similar styles of clothing with the same hair color and in the in the dark red lighting from a side angle I have no idea who that is I did look it up after the film to be like okay just so that I'm clear on the plot okay that was so and so in the shower that was so and so doing this okay okay (laughs) you know yeah and like and I which I think like for the mood of the movie like when Selva passes the woman in the shower right yeah and you're like, I what happened? Why is she there? And then we never find out at, until like we see her at the end of the movie. Uh, and you're like, uh, okay, but that would happen at a party, right? You would that so you would see something, and then you'd be like, that was weird, and then you'd move on because you're like, I'm not dealing with this. <laughs> yeah, it's very um, like it's it, yeah, it's very disjointed and very like unbalancing to see something like that which i think is very effective yeah now i I, another thing i think do you think this movie is like a like a movie of warning about drugs um i did not feel that way i didn't feel like it was a celebration of drugs by any means um i feel like it was more yeah no i don't think it was a cautionary tale or anything like that i i feel like it was just like because it seemed like these people have this kind of party and that sort of thing all the time. And the film is not criticizing that. Um, especially with the uh, inclusion at the end of the person who did it, um, who drugged everyone. Very obviously who did it. I yeah. Say. And it makes it, it, it makes it a horror movie, right? Instead of like a, 
yeah, a cautionary tale, you know, because it's like in, I mean, I guess it depends on the way you interpret it, but is Friday the 13th warning people about having premarital sex? Some people would say yes. Others would say it's just a horror movie. (laughs) Yeah, no, I was just because I think that's something that someone could read into this movie, right? Is that Mm -hmm. it is like staunchly anti-drug, which I don't think it is because it talks, it's like nobody's criticizing other people's drug use. Mm Mm-hmm in this movie uh, yeah it's well more and that's of the just... thing if i think it would be different if this was a party that went out of control because everyone and i've seen movies like that where everyone is just drinking too much or does too many drugs and then it goes crazy and it's a very different feeling what's terrifying about this one is they didn't choose this they were just drinking sangria you know what i mean it's not like they all were like let's take lsd and then it went wrong it, they were drinking sangria they were doing nothing wrong so i feel like this was done to them I don't feel that way. It was done to them, right? So, but I feel like that puts a very different spin on the movie. Yeah, and yeah, I I agree. And I know they're like the director is commenting on human nature with like mob mentality stuff and mm-hmm. what people do uh, when they're on drugs and stuff. And I was just like, okay, I don't think that's that deep. Um, yeah, I don't think you're like the first person to uncover this, but I think it's like consistent with what would happen with people. Yeah, well, and I like that it's people were scared. You know what I mean? Like. Scared and not in their right mind. Because um, even like Lou, who is not drinking, that's the pregnant one, she's not drinking and so she wasn't on the LSD. She also loses it because it's crazy in there, right? Mm-hmm. She's also going through it. Yeah. Uh, and her scene of like self-harming is like very uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, in a way of being like, Ugh! and then the movie just gets worse from there of like more uncomfortable stuff. Like I, I also think the ending shots of like each character is very effective uh and like seeing what happened to them because like the movie cuts out when david is knocked out or killed i think he's killed you think he's dead yeah at the end i agree i really liked at the end that they showed each of the characters because they show the cops coming in right and i thought they would end it with just him getting knocked out or the cops coming in and being like oh shit what's this but no, you're right. They show each individual character, which takes a long time, but it's effective in that you're like, oh, God, this is bad for everyone. And like, they're all dead or passed out. Well, not bad for everybody. There's a couple that seem better than others. Uh, yeah. Like there's a like I I like Omar is dead um, for sure because he froze. Oh, he's frozen. <laughs> yeah. Which is the worst one. Uh, and then you see. Like, I don't know about David. Like, you don't know. I think you don't know. But I could believe either way for him. Uh, And then you see a bunch of other people, some people who are obviously, uh, like, what? some of them are still awake. uh, But, like, they're alive, but their, like, little snapshot seems a little happier. Like, there's, like, a couple that was they were the ones having sex they seem they're just cuddling essentially in the middle of the floor and then there's other people who are like passed out and there's other people who have who have died and there's other people who are like having nightmares or something is going on like they're they haven't they're still they're still tripping yeah yeah they're still tripping Uh, and then you get to like the people in the in the back rooms and i was like some of the people i was like okay i'm pretty sure that one person um who was in the vomit was dead Mm-hmm. Uh, but I didn't know about the girl in the shower if she were how she was doing. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> yep. And then there's a couple others where you're like, is this person alive or dead? Which I think is the intention. It's like you don't yep. know uh, well, what has happened to some people. I love that they don't explain it because it kind of puts you in the positions of the cops walking in and going, holy shit. Yeah, what? like what the fuck happened here? Like is this a mass murder? Like what's going on? And that that would be a terrifying experience. Yeah. And then, yes, there's the mother and child. Like, I don't... Is the child dead? I never... I think so. But, like, there was... Again, that's ambiguous, right? Like, we don't know. Did he just turn the power off? Or did he electrocute himself? I think he got electrocuted. As soon as she put him in that room, I was like, yo, you're killing your kid right now. Yeah, I was like, there has to be better rooms. Uh, (laughs) Than this room. uh, Than that. Now, the character who we don't see at the end is the pregnant one you're right we don't see her we see her at the beginning isn't she the one who's stumbling out into the um snow yes she does that again at the end oh okay i didn't know in i did not see her do that Leave the she room, does so briefly um she's yeah she like busts through the doors and kind of stumbles out and she like laughs, <laughs> it's very scary <laughs> And then, okay, I just, yeah, I was like, weird. So I was like, supposed to, infer- I was like, oh, is she the one who left and went and got the police? But then they show up and the doors are closed. And I was like, oh, so she closed the doors? Fine. Yeah, I no, was, it kind of seems like, leaving. it seems like she stumbles out like a different door that the police didn't come from or whatever. Ah, uh, okay. She, okay, that makes sense then. I was. Yeah. All in all, I will be honest, I actually liked this movie, um, which I'm really surprised about. In terms of like what we are trying to do in, you know, trying to figure out movies that should be called favorites or should not be called favorites or, you know, the best movie you might not have seen kind of thing. There is a certain, um, in my opinion, rewatchability that is required for something to become a like a cult fave. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't say that Gaspar Noé films have a lot of rewatchability. Um, so I don't know about that, but I did like the film. I did too. I liked it more than I thought. I don't think it's mm-hmm. perfect, uh, mm-hmm. but I agree. I do think it is rewatchable because you'll like see more of the characters. At yeah. second, like you'll know more and you'll be able to track it better. But uh, knowing what's coming, I don't know if I'd want to put myself through that because it's so horrible. <laughs> no, I completely agree with you. Uh, yeah, it's very uncomfortable for and for a movie that like can be sold as being like this is going to be fun, right? And it's not. Fun. Yeah, there are certainly parts in the early going, and the, most of the dance scenes are very beautiful. And if you like dance in any way, I think you will get some appreciation out of those scenes because it is just talented people dancing. Yes, and all, and they're all very attractive. Uh, just <laughs> and very French. Uh, <laughs> yes. So French. Um, but no, I don't have anything else to say about the movie. Do you? No, I don't. Um, I would say. If you watch it, go in blind. Ignore everything you just heard. Um, This is definitely not a movie for a lot of people. Yes. But if you like things that are kind of weird and you don't mind being uncomfortable um, and you want just like a visual experience, this is definitely something worth watching. Yeah, I I completely agree with that. Uh, I think you'll know pretty quickly once like halfway through the movie if the movie's for you or not. Yeah. It doesn't really hide itself from then. Uh, anyway, where do you think it goes in our our list? I think it's 
obviously, I, I, again, I think it's not the top or the bottom because those are pretty set in stone right now. It's just in this massive, this mass middle we have of. What's our order so, currently? Well, Mulholland Drive is top, Tideland mm-hmm. is bottom, and that will be mm-hmm. that way uh, forever. forever. Yeah. Or until something changes that. And now in the middle, um, this is going to take, oh, wow. I think Sunshine is below Mulholland Drive. Mm-hmm. Then it goes RRR, mm-hmm. Jennifer's Body or Monsters. That's the one I don't remember which way we put them. And V for Vendetta is there as well in some order. Those three, I don't remember the order, if I'm being completely honest, because I did We're not gonna have to look it up. <laughs> We're going to have to look it up. But I would say Climax goes somewhere. I don't think it's, I think it's a very well-made film. But yeah. I don't think it is as well made as Sunshine. And I don't think I enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed RRR. Yeah, I was going to say under RRR above Jennifer's body, if that's what's next. I think it's a better movie than Monsters. Yeah. And Jennifer's body. And V for Vendetta. I, mm, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like, in my opinion, it's better than V for Vendetta in that, and this might be um, an age thing, like of when V for Vendetta came out, but man, that movie is not subtle. You know, it all feels too polished and too Hollywoody and too, like, 13-year-old girls thinking they're edgy, whereas this film is actually edgy, you know? (laughs) Yeah. No, no, I agree with you. So, like, the uh, the current order, excluding... Obviously, the one movie we're talking about next, which is Warrior, uh, is Mulholland Drive, Sunshine, RRR, Climax, V, Monsters, and Jennifer's Body, and Tideland at the bottom. Uh, yeah. Which I think is, there's like, yeah, I think the, the middle of like Climax, V, Monsters, and Jennifer's Body, I think we could probably change those depending on the, how we feel on the day. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> They're kind of all in there, but I, your V point was right. I just don't, I think this this movie's more subtle than V, and that was, I think they're kind of, those movies as their polar opposites are equal in my brain. Yes. Uh, but yeah, where could people find you on the internet, Carolyn? You can find me at carolyndunk93 on all of the platforms, and where can they find you? Uh, you could find me everywhere on the internet at James Will, except on Twitter where the O is a zero, uh, and you can Send us an email at letswatchpod at gmail.com and you can find this podcast on all streaming services. And we now that Carolyn is recovered, uh, we will be more consistent, obviously dependent on work and stuff yep. and scheduling, but we will be more consistent. We were just, you know, I had Adele for a couple episodes, but Adele has a very busy full-time job and has a lot of other things she wants to do and i'm asking her to like fill in on a favor so that's why there wasn't that many episodes like you know she's giving time that she normally doesn't do yeah so i asked her as much as she could and she gave more than she could have if i'm being honest but (laughs) uh yeah um the next episode we're going to be talking about is warrior which i'm sure is a carolyn movie loves because it is talking about men who will go through so many lengths not to go to therapy Oh, God, yes.